let me turn it over to Peter. Please go ahead with your presentation. Uh, thank you, Julia. Um, so welcome to the HCMB webinar presented by myself, Peter Stenson, and my colleague, Dr. Matthew Mort. Um, since HCMD is one of the older biological databases, we thought we would take kind of a brief historical view of HCMD, how it's grown over time and what it's enabled. Uh, we'll look at the HCMD professional application and focus on how HCMD has been utilised, particularly in the areas of genetic research and clinical diagnostics. I believe the slides accompanying the webinar will be made available after the broadcast. Um, so what is HGMD? So in a nutshell, the Human Gene Mutation Database represents an attempt to collate known published gene lesions responsible for human inherited disease. Um, the slide you can see now uh, shows a list of our published HGMD review articles going back to 1997. Um, worth noting our latest two articles from 2014 and 2017, um, which were published in the journal Human Genetics, um, these were published under an open access license, so they're freely available to any, for anybody to read. And, of course, I would encourage you to do so. Um, so moving on, uh, HGMD was originally established um, by professors David Cooper and Mikhail Kravchak in the early 1990s. And it was initially intended for the discovery, uh, the study of mutational mechanisms in humans. Um, this research helped lead to the discovery um, that the nature of mutation is not merely random, but is very much shaped by the local DNA sequence environment. In the early years, HGMD research focused on investigating uh, neighboring nucleotide effects, mutational hotspots and motifs uh, involving the small insertion and deletions, and non-BDNA secondary structures. So where do we get our data from? Our data are sourced from the peer-reviewed scientific and biomedical literature. Um, and in sort of late 1995, uh, Professor Cooper and uh, Kravchak um, decided it would be a, a great idea to make the database they'd uh, created publicly available. And so the public version of HGMD, which at the time of launch contained approximately 10,000 variants in about 600 genes, was made freely available from Cardiff via, via the Internet at www.hgmd.org, and that was in April of 1996. Um, HGMD then went on to expand swiftly to become kind of the de facto central mutation database for mutations causing human inherited disease. And the latest version of HGMD Professional, uh, so you can see the growth over, over the last 20 or so years, now over a quarter of a million variants and over 10,000 genes. Okay, so a brief history of HGMD then. Um, so... As we were experiencing rapid growth in the, towards the end of the century, uh, sorry, at the end of the last century, um, HGMD found it needed to expand. And to this end, we entered into a commercial partnership with a company called Solera Genomics. Um, at the time, Solera was uh, quite advanced along the road of sequencing the human genome itself using a technique called shotgun sequencing, where the DNA is broken up and randomly into many overlapping segments, which were then sequenced, and the overlapping sequences were reassembled using a supercomputer although quite um, these days you may be able to do it with a simple desktop workstation. At the time, uh, Solera developed their own online platform known as the Solera Discovery System, which was kind of akin to a commercial version of Ensemble or the NCBI, and HGMD data were incorporated into that platform. Um, there was no standalone version like HGMD Professional today. 
so leading up to 2005, uh, there was a change of focus at Solera, and then HGMD began the search for a new commercial partner. To this end, we approached a German company called Biobase, who specialised in the provision of biological databases, the most obvious one being the transcription factor database TransFAC. So we developed a standalone product for this purpose called HGMD Professional, and uh, we enjoyed a, a successful commercial partnership then with Biobase, who marketed the database for approximately 10 years before uh, the company, I think along with the U.S. company known as Ingenuity, were acquired by Kyogen and, um, to form the company Kyogen Bioinformatics, and with whom we carried on our successful commercial partnership. Um, HD Professional, which we've continued to develop all over these years, is uh, available as a standalone product um, with Kyogen or, uh, and as a download and has been integrated into um, other Kyogen products such as IVA, this is Ingenuity Variant Analysis, and QCI, um, Kyogen Clinical Insight. Um, so what kind of data does HGMD record? Well, uh, the HGMD variant classes, we start with the DM class, which is a pathological mutation reported to be disease-causing in the corresponding literature report. So this would be the majority of HGMD data. Um, alongside that, we have the DM question mark, which is a likely pathological mutation, um, but where the author may have indicated there's some degree of doubt as to the pathological authenticity or later evidence has come to light um, being published that calls the deleterious nature of the variant into question, whether that's a case control study or a negative functional study, possibly um, population frequency study as well. Um, so we also then record three polymorphic classes of data. So the DP class, the polymorphism reported in significant association with a significant p-value. The may well itself be functional, such as because of its location or conservation, if it's a missense mutation or if it occurs in a promoter in a, a transcription factor binding site. But there might be no direct evidence from a, an in vitro expression study of a functional effect. The DFP is a polymorphism reported to be in association with disease in the same way as the DP is, but as evidence of being of direct functional importance from a, a, an actual in vitro uh, or MRA study. And an FP um, is a polymorphism that has the functional data but has not known to, to be uh, reported with any disease association. And a recent addition be a retired variant, which is a variant we keep in HGMD so our users can see its history, but that we've, we've retired because we felt or evidence had come to light um, saying that it had been subject to correction or it had been withdrawn from the literature um, or it was found at such a high frequency as to be uh, impossible to be associated with the disease. Okay, so this slide shows the growth of uh, HGMD mutation data, the different variant types over time um, since about 1990. It shows a fairly steady growth for all our data types up until about 2009, with the advent of next-generation sequence technology started to increase the number of variants being reported in the literature. And as you can see from um, with whole exome sequencing now becoming routine, you can see almost 50,000 new mutations were reported over just the last two years. Um, it's also noticeable that the proportion of DM question mark entries being into H entered into HGMD has increased over this time frame. Um, I think this trend reflects um, increased vigilance by some authors or possibly the lack of vigilance by others. Um, leading to a knock-on effect to the HGMD curators being 
more cautious and skeptical of uh, author, some author claims. So where does HGMB get its data from? HGMB sources its mutation data from the peer-reviewed scientific literature. And the latest release of HGMB Professional, which I think will be released tomorrow, uh, version 2019.1, contains data extracted from over 2,800 different biological journals. So this slide shows the top 20 journals present in HGMD, ordered by the number of mutation entries. And it reads kind of like a who's who of genetics journals, uh, mostly sort of general genetics journals, very well-known ones, Human Mutation, the American Journal of Human Genetics, Nature Genetics, and so forth, uh, with a small number of um, specialist journals, such as Blood, uh, Investigative Ophthalmology and Visual Science and Neurology. And I think this, this trend goes on through the database. Um, so this next slide shows the growth, growth of HGMD citation data over time. Um, so it kind of mirrors the previous uh, slide with regards to mutation numbers and shows a fairly steady growth again up until the advent of next-generation sequencing technology uh, where the growth starts to accelerate around about 2009-2010 uh, and we now see over 7,000 citations per year quite consistently. Um, a large number of these were additional references for existing mutations where we've identified additional case reports or additional um, phenotypes or data that's uh, a positive functional study which confirms the pathogenicity or even a functional study or something of that kind that contradicts the pathogenicity, which we would add as a secondary reference. So the HMD Professional product is available under Kyogen, uh, from Kyogen under license and the current database release uh, over a quarter of a million variants and over 10,000 genes. And we have over uh, 65,000 um, literature references in the database, although we do look at many more papers like that, obviously for um, repeated reports of the same mutation. If they don't add anything new to the record, may not be entered. So the professional product supports individual searches for the genes, mutations, phenotypes, and references. And you can use Boolean or non-Boolean full-text searching. There's a batch, a batch search mode, which you, you can return a list of up to 500 um, search identifiers. There's expanded gene and mutation-specific information. So we've got gene ontology in there, functional predictions, and population frequency data, evolutionary conservation. We've mapped as many of our mutations as we can to uh, the two versions of the genome, 37 and 38 builds. We have official HGUS nomenclature and the VCF format, formatted data for high-throughput uh, comparisons. Um, we've added population frequency data from NOMAD and DBSNP, and obviously our additional literature references, which I just mentioned, with in vitro, stud in vitro functional studies, phenotypes, and additional case reports. There's an advanced search suite, which allows uh, uh, the um, combining of data sets for more powerful searching. Um, HGM Professional is available as a, a downloadable format, so in MySQL and flat file formats, and we release quarterly in March, June, September, and December. So there is an HGMB uh, public site as well, and this slide compares uh, the public site against the HGM Professional product. Um, so as you can see, uh, most of the... Um, 
most of the features that are available in HGNG Professional um, are not available on the public site. Um, so I move on to uh, a quick summary of the numbers uh, and the different mutation types in HGNG Professional. So we have uh, the bulk of our mutation data uh, consisting of missense and answers mutations, mutations that are known to affect splicing or occur in a regulatory region. Um, a regulatory region we would define as a promoter, the 5-prime UTR or the 3-prime UTR, or possibly something uh, mid-intronic that affected regulatory element. Our small deletions, insertions, and indels are all of 20 base pairs or less. Um, we have repeat variations, uh, which are called the repeat expansion disorders, triplet repeats, the gross insertions, duplications, um, anything larger than 20 base pairs, uh, and the gross deletions, again, anything larger than 20 base pairs. And complex rearrangements, which kind of is a catch-all for almost anything else we can't fit into the other categories. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the searches that are available um, in HGMB Professional. Um, so all of our HGMB Professional search pages follow a fairly similar pattern. Users may enter their search terms into one of the text boxes on the left-hand side of the page and then pick their options for searching on the right-hand side. And there's some pre-query data links towards the bottom of the page under the heading Browse, um, whatever, Browse Genes in this example. So the current slide shows the gene search page, and users may look, look for the gene symbol, um, official gene symbol, or um, aliases, gene aliases can be searched for. The gene name, chromosomal locations, you have external identifiers, such as uh, the Human Gene Nomenclature Committee identifiers, the NCBI RefSet transcript ID, the phenotype, and gene ontologies. So the results will be returned as a list of genes matching the search terms that have been inputted. And on this page, users may also browse genes alphabetically by chromosomal location or look for selected uh, pre-queried lists such as uh, a random entry, uh, genes with alternate transcript writer forms, uh, the recently added genes. Um, there's a link there for the ACMG reportable genes. I think there's 59 of those. And the ability to browse gene ontologies on a gene-wise basis. Um, the next page, uh, so it's again a similar layout for searching for variants. And this page has examples on it that you are, uh, the type of thing you can search for. So you've got the HGMB accession number, the code on number, um, HGVS nomenclature, either the, the C dot or the, the, or the protein nomenclature for substitutions there. DB SNP identifiers, you can also search by HG19 or HG38 coordinates. Um, and you can search for coordinate range there as well, which will bring back a list of variants uh, within the range inputted. Um, again, you have the, the pre-query data underneath. You can search by chromosome, and you can get um, all recently added mutations, the reclassified entries. Again, the mutations in HGMD and the ACMG reportable genes, anything with a dbSNP identifier. Um, you, can, you can pull back different types of substitutions. as missense and nonsense, um, nonstop and termination codons, and anything with additional literature reference, um, providing additional evidence as to the pathogenicity. Uh, you can also search by phenotype. Um, so, again, you've got a free text search there. You can see if you search the HGMD phenotype, or you can use the UMLS, which is the Universal Medical Language System, where um, HGMD phenotypes have been matched 
matched into that. Um, so on, on a simple level, it may match the term cancer with carcinogenesis, carcinoma, um, tumor, things like that. And again, underneath the, you've got the pre-query data uh, alphabetically or by chromosome, Yermolas disease concepts where a number of genes and variants have been matched into a high-level concept such as a skin disorder, cancer, heart disorders, um, and a whole list of those covering specific broad disorders. And the UMLS ontologies also include um, vocabularies from OMIM, the HPO, SNOMED, and MESH, which you can also use the browse. Uh, quickly links to browse on this page. You can search by reference uh, as well. So you've got the author name, um, the PubMed journal, the PubMed ID, publication year. And you can also bring back HGMD genes, on uh, which papers are associated with HGMD genes. And you can browse these alphabetically as well. Um, the final thing, which is a more recent addition, uh, would be the batch search mode. Um, where you can input a list of up to 500 identifiers there um, to pull your results back. Either copy and paste in the text box, or you can upload a file um, containing your identifiers, one per line. Um, in the case of using uh, VCF, then they should be a tab delimited. And, and you can uh, there search for a list of dbSNP identifiers, the uh, chromosomal coordinates, VCF formatted data. Um, the HGMD accession numbers or PubMed IDs. And you can search again for uh, on a gene-wise basis as well for the gene symbol on TRES gene ID, OMIM gene IDs. And there are a list of options on the right-hand side. So you can prioritize your results, bring all your DMs up to the top of the list first or DFPs if that's what you're interested in. You can prioritize on population frequency. And then you can also restrict to the previously mentioned UMLS concepts such as uh, heart disorders, immune disorders, and metabolic disorders as well. So once you've um, got your results, you'll click through to, if you click through to the gene, you'll come up with a gene summary page, such as this one. Um, at the top of the page, you've got the, um, the summary of the gene, gene symbol, the gene name, and links to the um, reference sequences extended cDNAs, the RefSec gene entries, and then a summary of what data is in HGMD for this gene, um, plus buttons to click to get through to the mutation data, which is organized differently. So you can click to all DMs or all DM question marks, or all missense nonsense, or splicing substitutions, or by uh, phenotype. And then at the bottom of the page, um, we have a list, list of external identifiers and uh, related genes and the gene ontology is also listed there as well. So when you, if you click through, say, for the missense nonsense mutations, you will come up with a list, a summary result of uh, all the missense nonsense mutations present for that gene in HGMD. And again, with links to the reference sequences. Um, so you've got the HGMD accession number there, plus the HGMD mutation, um, the HGVS nomenclature for that mutation. The variant class, which is usually DM or DM question mark. The phenotype and the references we have for the mutation, both primary reference and secondary references. And then on the far right, you have the extra information, which could include uh, nomad frequency, uh, dbSNP identifier, any curator comments that may have been added, 
and the HC19 and HC38 coordinates. And you can see those by hovering over the little graphics on the right-hand side. So if you did click through to one of the mutation entries, you come to a mutation summary and uh, the mutation entry result, which again shows the mutation at the top in HTMB format, plus then the literature citations we may have for that mutation underneath. The primary literature, literature report is shown at the top. And then you've got your secondary literature reports underneath with any curated comments that may have been added. Um, and the reference type, whether it's a functional study or an additional phenotype, a case report, and whether or not it supports the pathogenicity or could question the pathogenicity of the variant. In the extra information box, you've got the, flank, the flanking sequence and the genomic chromosomal coordinate. You've got uh, external links there to the, the NCBI map viewers and NOMAD, the HGVS nomenclature, the VCF format you can see for the, that particular entry. Well, the DBSNP identifier and nomad frequencies there if they're present. And the variant class is something we've recently added, which is like a pathogenicity particular and scores between 0 and 1, um, 1 obviously being the, the highest probability of pathogenicity. Underneath that, for missense, uh, you have uh, um, amino acid comparison statistics there. Um, underneath that, you have the DBNSFP3 predictions, which include uh, polyfen, SIFT, mutation taster, mutation assessor, fathom, and various other things um, that have been computationally generated on a genome-wide level. On the right-hand side, um, you have some morphologous amino acid sequences and the position of the mutation and whether or not it's conserved in uh, different species. It's quite useful, again, for assessing the potential pathogenicity of the mutation. Um, so this next slide is an example of the batch search result. So when you input your list of identifiers, this result is um, based off a sample VCF file, um, and it's ordered by uh, prioritizing DMs. So all the DMs that were present in the, in the VCF have, been, have come to the top. So we have your original search terms on the left-hand side, followed by the gene symbol and the um, inheritance of the most common phenotype for that gene. Um, this particular one shows mostly recessive, so they found heterozygotes for recessive disorders, um, which would be uh, quite normal. Uh, you've got the HCVS nomenclature and the protein change and the chromosome coordinate and the HGMD variant class, whether or not it's in dbSNP, your nomad frequency. You can click through to the HGMD uh, variant page again. And on the right, something we recently added is whether or not how, or how the variant is referred to or classified by ClinBar, if it's present. Well, HGMB also includes an advanced search uh, option. Um, and this slide shows those options for both combined substitution data sets on the left and the combined microlesion data sets on the right. The advanced search options include the ability to look for mutations affecting specific functional elements, elements or predefined motifs. Users also have the ability to look for um, all C to T changes, for example, or all one base pair deletions or insertions. Um, users can also further restrict their search to a particular disease or gene symbol.
Um, and you can also, on the right-hand side, restrict output fields, um, although by default they're all included. And you can also uh, select which data sets you wish to search. So this would be a typical advanced search result. Um, so that's as much data as we've got listed. Um, so if you pick C to T, all the C to T changes would be on this page, along with the, the, jump, the genomic chromosomal coordinates, the reference, and the flanking sequence, uh, the variant class, uh, and uh, the disease. And you could also click back to the HGM Professional uh, site by clicking on the accession number. So finally, the HGMD is also available as a data download. Um, so if you wish to include it in your, your own um, local pipelines um, or, your, or for research or diagnostic purposes, you just like to get hold of the data. It comes as a MySQL dump file and as a flat file format and also comes as a VCF, strict VCF uh, formatted data for both HG38 and the HG19 genome builds. So basically, you know, uh, basically HGMD is now virtually indispensable for many things, including next generation sequencing projects, all kinds of clinical research, personal genomics, the pharmaceutical industry, human molecular genetics research, and bioinformatics projects. And um, now I think I will pass pass on to uh, Dr. Mort. Uh, thanks, Peter, for that. Um... That overview of HMD. I'm just going to switch slides now. Um, so my name's um, Matthew Mort. I work at the HMD for um, the past 20 years. Um, I'm just going to talk about the research focus of HMD and how it can be used in that context. Um, so HMD is a valuable resource from a research perspective. Um, Google Scholar search that I just did um, brought up over 15,000 publications that either use HGMD data or mention HGMD in some way. Um, the data download version of HGMD, which Peter just mentioned, gives researchers full access to the HGMD data set and other related annotations that we provide in that package. Um, so the mutation data itself can be useful for a research project, but also you can use HGMD to compile a comprehensive set of known or reported disease genes. Um, also, the annotations of the phenotypes against the Unified Medical Language System allow for high-level searches, so you can sort of pull off all mutations relating to the immune system or all mutations relating to nervous system diseases and similar sort of queries. Maybe it's about um, a tissue type, so you might want to know, I want all mutations associated with the brain. Um, and because of that ontology, you can bring back um, sort of a more comprehensive list of mutations. Um, it's clear that HMD's got many different research applications, and I'm just going to briefly highlight three sort of high-profile areas where HGMD has been used. Um, the first is in development of variant classification tools, so basically software that predicts for a novel mutation if it's pathogenic or not. Um, there's some references on here that list... Um, 
a number of different classification tools that have used HGMD data, um, some mutation data too, and there's lots of other ones. I'm just going to sort of talk about one that I was involved in that's called MutePred, and it's been quite popular. Um, I'm just going to talk about how HGMD is involved in that. So um, MutePred, um, we developed that in 2009. It's a tool that works on missense mutations, um, and the, the sort of novel thing about it is it predicts if a mutation is going to be pathogenic, but also the mechanism or the predicted mechanism. So it might be protein stability or it might be it disrupts a post-translational modification site. Um, and in that, HMD is used in the training data. So this is a machine learning approach and HMD forms part of the, the positive training data in that. And we've got common polymorphic missense variants as a negative set. And then you build this supervised classification model that can then score novel um, mutations. Um, so it's just one aspect where HGMD can be used if you're in developing these sorts of tools. Um, so HGMD is, um, hang on, going back a slide, right. Um, HMD has been widely used in next-generation sequencing pipelines and workflows. Um, you know, as probably everyone listening knows, you know, the adoption of NGS technologies has really generated a huge volume of sequencing data. And, you know, a typical exome screen just from one individual will, you know, routinely identify over 20,000 exonic variants. Um, so identifying the subset, the small subset of genetic variation, even within, within a single individual, which may be of clinical significance, is now one of the sort of key challenges in this field. Um, so if you use HMD in an NGS workflow, it definitely adds value to that workflow. Um, you can still use, you know, the filters, you know, frequency and the in silico methods, but you can add in HGMD. And HGMD sort of aims to reflect the body of current scientific literature relating to disease-causing mutations. And this can be useful to aid variant interpretation and prioritization. Um, you know, so known disease-causing mutations and the respective literature citations found in the genome screen can be annotated um, and this does improve diagnostic utility and saves time finding literature mentions of a specific mutation, especially as HMD covers supplementary tables as well. So, you know, if you're trying to search for your mutation that you found, you know, you've prioritized a mutation, you want to investigate further, you want to read some papers, HMD can, you know, accelerate that finding the paperwork for that mutation. So it is really useful in that setting. Um, HGMD has been used in a lot of these um, large-scale exome and genome um, population sequencing projects. Um, you know, we, we were involved in the Thousand Genomes project in around 2015, and then, you know, the Exome Aggregation Consortium, EXAC, and, you know, HGMD has been used in the 100,000 Genomes project. And typically in these projects, um, HGMD was used to investigate the frequency of 
disease-causing mutations in different populations, you know, um, the burden of disease-causing mutations in apparently healthy individuals. So um, with the work with EXAC, you know, we saw participants harbour on average around 54 um, reported disease-causing variants. Um, and when we looked at these, a lot of them had allele frequencies over 1%. And they were related to mild phenotypes. So whilst they were disease-causing, they may not be causing severe disease. And that was compatible with them being found at this sort of frequency in these populations. And then following on from these projects, we did, you know, anything that was coming up at high, high frequency, we reevaluated it. And it might have been the literature reported this mutation, you know, back in 1999, as disease causing and they used a small number of controls and using this population sequencing studies we could then reclassify or remove these type of entries from the database. Um, HGMD has also been used for um, variant reannotation um, projects so you know um, HGMD has a broad utility but and it, whilst it captures the current literature on reported disease mutations, it's also fed into other projects to reannotate um, reported variants for disorders such as um, long QT syndrome and cardiomyopathy, um, where they took mutations that were in HMD and reported to be disease-causing and then reassessed them, you know, um, and reevaluate these mutations and then we would then feed that back into HGMD to further improve the resource. Um, I'm now going to hand back to Pete, and he can talk about the utility of HGMD in a, a diagnostic setting. Okay, uh, thank, thank you, Matt. So I'm mo moving on from this slide <coughs> and moving back towards uh, the use of uh, HGMD in diagnostic setting. Um, it's really become the industry standard for identifying the uh, known genetic cause of a given inherited disease. Understanding the mutational spectrum of a given gene or verifying if the mutation is novel or has been previously reported in association with a disease or phenotype. And assessing the individual disease risk and reducing the time for literature review relating to a given inherited disease. Um, HMD is really the best, the, the very best uh, product for doing, doing this kind of work. Um, so, HGMD is utilised by uh, in the commercial space. Um, and there are several sequencing or diagnostic companies. Uh, they, they use it for their own internal purposes. Um, the database can be used to facilitate the whole genome or uh, whole exome sequencing strategies. And um, some companies use it to produce uh, a targeted disease gene list or even a comprehensive disease gene list. Um, based on, on what's been entered into HGMD, um, and also for assisting with in-house variant classifications algorithms. Um, as, as simple examples of how it's used, I simply dug, dug these examples up off the web, but I'm sure there are many, many others. So the classic use of HGMD would be to confirm a patient diagnosis um, with a molecular analysis. In this example, the phenotype of congenital hypogonadotropic hypogonadism was confirmed at the molecular level, and the author also utilised HGMD for a comprehensive literature review. Um, so examples such as this, HGMD may be used to confirm the novelty 
uh, and or the pathogenicity of sequence variants and to review the mutation spectrum of a given gene. Um, there are many examples of HGMD being used in the current biomedical literature. Um, as as uh, Matt said earlier, greater than 15,000, according to Google Scholar, although that number would include all potential uses of HGMD. And the HGMD professional web portal was initially designed for this type of use, where you would look at a single gene or, or a small number of uh, a small number of genes and their related diseases for your patients. Um, so the second uh, second use of HGMD, which is growing a lot more popular now, um, is where a whole exome sequence is used to aid the diagnosis, um, in this example, of uh, nevoid basal cell carcinoma syndrome. So HGMD was used to screen the results that, that were returned for this study from whole exome sequencing. And the advantage of this strategy is it works when you look at single genes or gene panels or even up to all annotated genes if you have an entire exome you're looking at. And there are an increasing number of examples in the current biomedical literature of this kind of use. Um, the HGMD professional online batch search mode um, is used, uh, <clears throat> may be used to screen and uploaded BCF formatted data in this way. Although for, mo for many users, it may be probably preferable um, especially for uh, high-throughput sequencing users who are looking at a lot of patients to use the HGMD VCF file, which is part of the HGMD download package, and then integrate that into their own local variant analysis pipelines. So, I mean, this next slide is uh, simply intended to be an example of a potential uh, next-generation sequencing workflow. And obviously, other local pipelines may well differ in the order or the strategy that they use. Um, but but uh, basically, you would take your VCF file uh, containing your patient variant calls, um, then filter them to remove the low-quality variants. Um, if you're looking at a, a genome, you might want to concentrate on the exome, so remove intergenic, UTR, and intronic synonymous variants. Um, it's probably a good idea to apply a population frequency filter, um, but at that stage, sometimes users prefer to uh, filter HGMV variants back in if their initial filtering is a little harsh. Um, once you've done that, you can prioritize your candidates either by on a functional prioritization, uh, missense, nonsense, spice, or frame shift, whether they're uh, in silico predicted damaging using CAD or mutation taster or something like that, or prioritize them on conservation uh, using GURP and FileUp. Um, so then you want to identify, uh, find out whether there are any known disease variants in, in your in your results. So you could use the HTMB download or online batch mode for that. But most people would probably also use uh, uh, other other freely available files such as ClinVar, DBSNP, the OMIM, um, the OMIM variants, uh, locker specific databases possibly, and maybe if you had an in-house database. So if you found your DM, you could then uh, go on to your manual curation stage to validate it, look at co-segregation and possibly a functional study. If you didn't find anything, so you're looking for a novel variant, you may then go on to look at the inheritance pattern, so it's dominant recessive, uh, sex-linked, whether the family is consanguineous, um, whether or not you're looking at a de novo phenotype, so maybe we're looking for a de novo variant. So you can also use HGMD uh, in this process by by putting, uh, putting up an HGMD uh, gene phenotype panel using the, uh, the URMLS concepts 
but also possibly involve gene ontology, gene expression data, any gene that might be linked by a GWAS study. But you might also have an in-house curated panel you could add in. And then you come along to, to uh, prioritize your candidates and, and go through the manual validation process again. Um, like I said, this is just a simple example of how you could use it. I'm quite sure there are many strategies for doing so. And indeed, there are many strategies I've seen in the literature, all of which are kind of a variation on a theme. So um, there are obviously other sources of variant data, but a fairly limited selection, um, publicly available ones. So there's only which uh, has an editorial policy to record a limited selection of variants for each gene. And it tends to focus on new genotype-phenotype relationships. Um, this FinVar, which includes any submitted variant, but I believe there are a limited number of contributing labs and a very limited coverage of the literature there. Um, the locker-specific databases have um, for years suffered from funding problems. Um, the curators are often volunteers, so you, uh, uh, they're not really kept up to date sometimes. Uh, they're not collectively searchable or comprehensive between them. Um, and they generally have differing permissions for the use of the data. Uh, DBSNF itself includes any submitted variant, generally irrespective of whether it's pathogenic or not. There is a clinical flag, I believe, in DBSNP, but the, um, there aren't any phenotypes. And you have EXAC and NOMAD, which is a very good database for uh, population-level sequence data. Um, but I, I don't believe there are any phenotypes in that database. Okay, so one of the things I've been asked for uh, recently by uh, several users is uh, a comparison of HGMD and ClinVar. I mean, not as easy as you might think to do a comparison like this because um, ClinVar includes data that HGMD does not seek to include. This is benign variants or likely benign variants or variants of uncertain significance that are unlikely to be uh, associated or linked with disease. So um, for this comparison, I limited the data to HMDDM DM question mark data set from the upcoming 2019.1 release. Um, I used the ClinVar VCF download from um, the end of January and restricted that to pathogenic, likely pathogenic, or pathogenic stroke, likely pathogenic variants. Um, I also included OMIM in there because it was quite easy to pull off the OMIM clinical flag from ClinVar. So there's no surprise there that OMIM um, is uh, completely covered by both HGMD um, since they source their variants from the literature and by ClinVar since OMIM submits its variants to ClinVar. Um, but, but then it's, uh, it becomes obvious that ClinVar is, in, is only capturing a small amount um, 24% of HGMD, DM, DM question mark variants, um, with the majority of those remaining specific only to HGMD. Um, and the, the ClinVar only variants are, are most likely um, unpublished data which have been submitted by uh, clinical diagnostic laboratories. Um, so, uh, what are HGMD's future plans? Um, uh, as soon as possible, we really want to finish our manual annotation of the gross lesion data, um, so the gross uh, deletions and insertion data are greater than 20 base pairs. Um, this is quite a, quite a time-consuming uh, task as we have to readdress the literature uh, looking for precise breakpoint data for those lesions and then uh, mapping it back to a modern genome build. Um, so we wish to obviously expand then our provision of genomic coordinates, HCVS nomenclature and VCF format for those lesions once we've mapped them. 
And we're always looking to expand and improve our coverage of secondary references, such as case reports, functional studies, and additional phenotypes to um, support or, or even not support the pathogenicity of variants present in HGMD. And the provision of HGRS protein level predictions from microlesions um, should be completed fairly shortly. So just to round off, I'd like to uh, uh, thank uh, our, our very hardworking staff and, of course, Kyogen Bioinformatics and uh, past, past assistance and support from Biobase and Solera Genomics. And just to say thank you for listening, and I'd like to hand back to Julia now for uh, the Q&A. Thank you, Peter and Matthew, for your presentations. As a quick reminder to our webinar participants, if you have a question, please type it into the Q&A panel on the right. We'd also like to ask our attendees to take a brief moment after the webinar has ended to take our exit survey and give us your feedback. In addition, all participants will get a copy of the slides after the webinar has finished. Um, I know there was a comment on the font being too small, and I hope you can we can address that by sending the slides to you. So with that, let me move over into questions. So one question, maybe this is for either of you. Uh, what is the reason for the drop in the number of mutations added in 2018? I think that was around slide 11 or so. If I can just go back to the beginning. Um, possibly this one. So um, the reason is quite possibly because um, 2018 is, you know, we're in our first release for 2019 and 2018 uh, only just finishing. Um, we probably have a, a small amount of catching up to do with data from 2018. Also in 2017, um, there were actually a lot, a lot of data we started to enter from um, these really large um, de novo mutation screens. Um, again, again, published in supplementary material, which may have inflated the numbers somewhat just for that year. Okay, thank you. Uh, here's a question, probably from Matthew: Which variant caller did you use for generating the VC? examples that I think Peter showed earlier? Yep, so um, the, we don't use um, a sort of off-the-shelf one. We use an in-house variant caller um, that fully normalizes the variants. Um, and when you're doing, for part of this um, talk, we had to do a comparison with Climvar, and, and we looked at the variants that Climvar and DBSNP um, on their VCF, and they're not fully normalized. So if you're doing a variant comparison, um, you would have to run theirs through to fully normalize them so you could do a, a sort of more accurate comparison with HMD and other data sets. But the HMD data is fully normalized and represented um, in as few nucleotides as possible if you're interested in normalization. So left align, and it's um, parsimonious as well. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Uh, here's a question that you might have addressed earlier. Does HGMD actually include, or would it include, large deletions and duplications that are detected by microarrays? Does that fall under the gross lesions you're planning to add, for example? Um, our, our gross lesion data set is 
Um, due to the nature of the way they're reported, uh, we currently record them only as a nar- in a narrative form. So uh, it could be just anything like Exxon 12 to 15 deletion or something like that. Um, so when we're going back through the literature, we're actually looking for proper sequenced breakpoints so we know exactly where the lesion is. Um, so it's microarray data will not accurately show you where the, le- where the lesion actually is. It's more of an estimate. So although we would include them, they are not going to end up in the VCF file or have genomic coordinates. Okay. Okay, thanks. And can you say about these gross lesions that you're planning to add, um, do you have a timeline for that, for the release of that? We're hoping to complete the annotations um, and and then uh, get them into HTMB professional product by the end of this year. Okay, thanks. Um, other question, is there an API for the professional version of HTMB or is it limited to manual web queries? And also, do you have like a ballpark cost per year for commercial users? Um, with regards to the cost, I'm not sure I can answer that question. Um, however, with regards to an API, um, there is there is an API that's available, um, which hasn't been used for a while. Um, I think it was used by Alamut um, at one time, which would display or uh, provide uh, a gene-wise basis, um, the data in XML format. Um, so you, you'd have a URL which you would access using the gene symbol, and it would return all the mutations in, v, in a, an XML format with the coordinates in the HTVS um, and the phenotype and things like that. So there is an API, and uh, if if somebody wanted to subscribe on the basis of having access to an API, um, I'd be more than happy to look at it, look at what they needed. And I'd just like to add, um, if they were sort of interested in accessing HGMD in a programmatic way, typically they'd use the download license, so they'd get full access to the VCF files and the database, so then they could interface directly with the data um, rather than via the website. It's more for, like, a casual bioinformatics clinician um, accessing the website to view mutation data. Thank you. Okay, thanks. And how detailed is your phenotype curation? As an example, for COPD, do you include that with or without smoke, with smokers or with non-smokers? Um, so with the phenotype curation, it can be variable, and we basically reflect in the literature. So um, if it was COPD, um, we might include a comment about smoker, non-smoker, if the reporting author sort of highlighted that as part of their study, um, but it's not guaranteed information that's in HMB. So it would say COPD, but it might not include the smoker, non-smoker information unless that was an important part of the publication. So it just depends for that example given. Okay, great. Uh, in your comparison slide near the end, uh, where you compare HMB, OMIN and CLINVAR, the number of variants from OMIN seems to be pretty uh, small. Could you comment on that? Um, okay, let me just bring the slide. Uh, okay, so uh, basically because the the um, 
comparison was limited to pathogenic, likely pathogenic, or, or both, strictly to that in the ClinVar download. Um, that's the number of omin variants that, that were that were um, flagged that way. Um, so there's also a possibility because I know omin contains more variants than that, but some of them might be uh, unmappable if it was just say a deletion of exon seven or something, um, which would then not appear in the VCF file. Um, or the, the omin variant in the VCF file may be given a different acetation. It could be conflicting, it could be a variant of uncertain significance, or it could even be a benign, a likely benign variant that had gone in there, and in which case it wouldn't have been included in the comparison. Okay. Okay, thank you. Other question is, uh, are there additional references in the downloadable VCF files of the professional version of HGMD? Yes, yeah, so in um, the VCF files, you just get the first primary reference. But when you get the download version of HMD, you actually get the database dump files and text files. So using those files, you can then get the full bibliography that's in HMD for a specific variant. And you just use the um, HMD um, variant ID, which we call ACNAM. Um, which will then link into the other data files. So in the VCF, you just get the primary reference, but you also, in the download, get the additional references. You just have to go to some different files or query a database that you get provided with. Thank you. All right, thank you. Um, finally, can you go into a little more detail about how you identify papers from literature that you screen for mutation data? Um, yeah, okay. So we have uh, several different screening procedures. Um, uh, we, we check manually against the list of um, the most commonly uh, common, common journals that contain mutation data. So we manually screen something like uh, the American Journal of Human Genetics or Nature Genetics. And we also have um, several PubMed searches which we run concurrently to to try to, you know, if we find something twice, it's obviously not a problem. We want to make sure that we don't miss anything. Um, and we also have uh, uh, text text matching searches, which perhaps Matt would like to mention. Yeah, we've got um, a text mining algorithm, which um, looks not just in title abstract, but also uses full text to prioritize um, articles to look for so that we employ this uh, mixed strategy because we find that relying on manual searching where, you know, a professor is looking at papers and reviewing them for inclusion to be curated and also a text mining work really well because not all papers are, that contain mutation data are on PubMed um, and not all papers with mutation data are actually... Um, Online, there's still some that are print only, and we also include foreign language journals as well. So we really try and be comprehensive on our literature screening and searching strategies. Thank you. All right. It looks like this is all the questions we have for today. So let me thank our speakers, Peter Stenson and Matthew Mort, thank and you. our sponsor, Kaijin. Thank you. And again, as a reminder, please look out for the survey after you log out to provide us with, with your feedback. And also, we will send a recording of this webinar to all participants. So with that, thank you again for attending this genome webinar. <laughs>